Let us pray together. Dear God, one thing we ask, one thing we seek after, to live in your house, in your great house of love and communion all the days of our lives, in this world and in the next. Amen. So to what may we compare the kingdom of God, God's reign of love? To paraphrase the late author Rachel Held Evans, as we heard in our call to worship today, it's like a bunch of outcasts and oddballs and misfits gathered around a table with Jesus. Not because we are worthy enough or wise enough or good enough, but because we are hungry and we are thirsty. And in Jesus' company, we have finally found the source of nourishment and communion for which we've been yearning all along. A couple Sundays ago, Pastor Elisa helped us to see that when we are talking about the big questions, the cosmic truths, in other words, when we're trying to talk about God, we invariably need to turn to the more expansive and spacious language of metaphor. Metaphors like, think about all the metaphors in the Bible, light, fire, wind, bird, home, bread, and wine. Elisa has also, also helped us a couple Sundays ago to see how the Bible often uses the metaphor of water to help us to realize how terribly thirsty we actually are and to help us to see our urgent need to be drinking deeply and regularly from our divine source, the wellspring of all of love. Think about it, Isaiah crying out, Ho, everyone, come, all you who are thirsty and drink from the waters. <laughs> or think of Jesus saying, those who drink of this living water, this energy of love, will never be thirsty ever again. To the thirsty I give this water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Back in my 20s, I was starting to feel the magnetic pull back to God and faith. After almost a decade of separation, and I would have benefited greatly from hearing Elisa's sermon. <laughs> It would have helped me a great deal back then. Because you see, back in my 20s, no one had ever introduced me 
to the way that the Bible, and especially Jesus, uses metaphors all the time to help us to see the deeper dimensions of our faith. As a grad student at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, I was still understanding everything in a very flat and literal way. And so, not surprisingly, there was nothing that I struggled with more than when I began to participate again in the Lord's Supper. And I remember very well in Charlottesville, one Sunday after worship, telling Danette how terribly troubled and shocked I was by all of this talk about Jesus' body and blood and our needing to feed on Christ in faith as his followers. I was taking this all in a very literal, flat way. And later on, as your pastor here, I've discovered that some of you struggle with this as well sometimes. And so, 30 years later, here today when Jesus says to us, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Eat and drink to remember me. What do I hear Jesus saying to us? I hear him first of all saying to us, dear friends, I have given my all my everything, even my own lifeblood, to restore your communion with God. To heal your terrible sense of separation from God and your alienation from one another. I hear him saying to us, Walking in my ways in this world is sometimes really hard. And sometimes you're going to miss the mark by a long shot. You're going to fail. You're going to fall short. So let me restore you, sustain you, stabilize you with regular infusions of my grace. Communion is not a trophy for the perfect. It's medicine for all of you who are trying to follow Jesus. And one last thing I hear him saying in these words. When you eat this bread and drink this cup, I will mysteriously live in you and you in me communion. And it's from this loving communion that all of you may then live your lives. And today in our reading, we catch a subtle hint of this in our story from the Gospel of John. Two disciples of John the Baptist meet Jesus for the very first time, and they ask him, 
Rabbi, where are you staying? They, of course, are asking him a very literal question. They're asking him, where are you living tonight? And so Jesus whimsically invites them to come and see. But then, throughout his ministry, Jesus will begin asking them this very same question, but on a much deeper, deeper level. Where are you living? Where are you abiding? Where are you making your home in your life? And then at his last supper, Jesus invites them and us to abide in him. To live in communion with him and each other. To live in God's house of love and belonging all the days of our lives. Amen.